Yeah, there it is. Recording. Oh, had to do the file section. <laughs> there you go. Solving all the world's problems, all the technology problems here on the Travis Jones podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Travis Jones Show. Uh, last week, we had an awesome chat with Trav about management and how actually managing yourself is actually just as important as managing other people. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about leadership. Um, Trav, I'm going to ask you straight off the bat, do you believe that leaders are born or can you improve as a leader? Is like a certain personality type a better leader than others? Like, wh- what do you think? To, to be honest, man, I think that leaders can be born, but they also can be created, right? And I look at this with Jax. I think Jax is 100% a leader at school, um, at Crash, right? He's four years old. <laughs> For everyone um, listening, Jax is um, Trav's son, eldest son. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's like, like for me, I'm, I'm a dad and I'm a proud parent, all that sort of stuff. You think your kid's are the best. But um, like, he's definitely a leader at school. And so he didn't get taught leadership. He, you know, gets people and project managers and they build blocks and skyscrapers and all that sort of stuff. The Hot Wheels, got to have the Hot Wheels track looking exactly the way he needs it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like he has like a, I believe he has like an innate leadership skill. But I think for me, like I was like the worst leader growing up. Like I was trying to follow other people, trying to learn the right things. And I didn't, it sort of struck me. I was like leading a football team when I was, and maybe 14 or 15 and I was captain of footy team. I was really my first leadership role. And I really understood that I needed to learn how to lead them. And I need to get buy-in and I need to pace set um, as a kid. Um, I need to respect them. I need to hear them. I need to be vulnerable when I needed more of them. I think, you know, that is over time. And I think I have stumbled as a leader and I think I've stumbled as a business owner. I've stumbled as a partner. I've stumbled in everything, but I truly believe in failing forward. And I think if you have a, a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset, you can be the best leader out there. You just have to work on it. You, you just told me before that um, when you first got into like a leadership role at RBT at your own gym, because it was just you at one stage, well, you and your dog Hercules, um, you know, and then you started growing, you brought on more staff and, um, when did you realize that you were a leader? And then when did you realize that your leadership uh, rule of I'm the boss, so you need to just do this wasn't working? Yeah, man. Like, it's so funny, right? I could churn some staff at the start and we still lose staff at the moment. Like, you know, it, it's, we, and I do it. I have to reflect on like, how did I let that person down? Um, because clearly they're not going to quit. They're not, not working anymore. They've gone somewhere else to work. Um, so yeah, I, right. I stopped serving them or the company stopped serving them or our directions weren't aligned. So we, we had a, a mishire at the start. And I think for me at the start of RBT, especially, you know, I look at John Maxwell's, you know, five levels of leadership and level one is a positional based leader. And I, I 100%, you know, in my career as a manager or leader, I've been a positional leader. And I, sometimes I feel like I slip into it. We always, when we get stressed, slip into the lowest or the one below where we're currently at. And some people- Like a default, right? Yeah, it's like a default level, but you can be different levels of leadership to different people as well, like, mm. because you have to grow into level two, level three. Like for, you know, some people like me and you, maybe we're at like a level four to each other. And, you know, we, it's because we've what we've done to each other. Right. And some people are like, maybe I'm a level five. It's like who you are and what you represent. Some people it's like, you know, you're a level two, which is like permission. It's like, you know, they want to follow you. Um, but level one is like, they have to follow you. You know, you pay, I sign your paycheck, turn up, do the fucking job. And I think that's where I was at the start of my leadership. It's like, no, like I'm buying your time right now, every single hour of it. So you'll do what I say. Um, and when they didn't, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like I'm paying you to do this job. And, you know, I choose then wrong emotions. I had a lack of emotional intelligence. Um, you know, I, I didn't have enough, you know, I didn't listen enough to them. I didn't maybe respect them enough as an individual. And I defaulted down to this positional leadership, which is level one leadership. And it's like, no, you know, it's like authoritarian, right? It's like, no, I am the boss. You are the follower or the servant. So like, do what I say. And with that, you know, it doesn't get buy-in it doesn't get people to work outside the hours that you're paying them to do. They like literally check in and check out and do as little as possible. And we all know this, if you're growing any type of company, you don't want a transactional relationship. Like, I mean, we were talking about this this morning, man, like, you know, like 
it shouldn't be, oh, I'm working for you for 23 hours right now, so I'll do 23 hours. It's like, no, I'm working to achieve this outcome. If it takes them 19 hours to do it, or if it takes them 30 hours to do it, like they're doing their job because they love their job and they're doing their job for you and for the company because they know the vision that we're going towards. They know what part they play in the vision and that can't be positional leadership. And I definitely lost some staff because I didn't have the understanding I was trying to manage them and with no leadership whatsoever and it was just positional and uh, that must suck to have a positional leader. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think um, personally, I really am fascinated by the question, what's important to you in the context of your job role, mm. because everyone will give you different answers, right? Because everyone's different. So some people will be like uh, security and, you know, uh, consistency. I just want to know, get told exactly what to do each day and I just want to follow it. And like, I love that kind of job role. And that person will get driven crazy when you say, Julie, we need to achieve this. Go nuts, try and achieve it. And Julie will be like, no, that's not how I work. And and they'll lose the plot. And so like everybody is like different based on their uh, values types and their personalities. Um, Have you ever like, uh, you, I know you sit down with all your staff and you try and fly around to every single gym as often as you can to sit with them and talk about uh, what, where they're at at the moment with their health and with, with their personal training and with their career and then where they want to be with their finances and with do they want to be a property owner? Do they want to invest money? Like, um, Where do those conversations actually lead? Do you, are you asking them questions like the questions I ask about their specific values levels or are you just letting the conversation flow? Like, I think it's more conversation flowing, man. I think people don't have, and this is um, a blanket statement, Okay, but I feel like most people don't have enough uh, understanding about what they want in life in their value system to actually give you an answer that they even understand themselves. So Mm. I think it's really trying to drag out from them. You know, if you can intertwine their personal growth and professional growth with the growth of the company and where they want to go, then they feel like, and it's like you truly serving them. Like I wasn't a servant leader. Like I, it's a pretty crappy sort of title, but everyone's talking about servant leadership at night, right? But if like if you truly aren't serving them, um, then you'll lose them because at the end of the day, people are silently begging to follow someone. But the same way, like for them to follow you, you have to serve them. You have to ask them what they want. What do they need? What skill sets they want? Like what are their goals over the next 10 years? And if they have no ideas, like sit down. It's like, okay, what about five years? Like, you know, if your life was a success over the next five years, this is a very crucial question we asked at the start of RBT. It's like, your success, if RBT was a success to you over the next one year, and we're sitting here in one year's time, what would have happened for you to love your job, for you to love working here, for you to Mm -hmm. love everything about, like, what would have happened for it to be a success? And as soon as they can start to articulate that to them, I know, you know, where to lead them. Because I'm like, okay, no, I know that if I serve them, and I can create this for them, and I have this documented in one year, I go, look what you did. And if they're like upset, it's like, no, you said this was a success. And obviously we have touch points along the way because people's definition of success may change over time. But if you can shift into serving them to help them achieve their goals and going, yeah, we can definitely do this. And to get you to this success for you over this next year, this is what your company or your, your role or your position or this is what needs to happen here to get you there. Does that make sense? And they're like, okay, cool. So now we understand this whole 360 scenario. It's like, how do we win? How do you win? And then obviously we all win and it's this compromise, I guess. Yeah, man. That, I mean, it's so fascinating when I first heard that you do that with your staff because I feel like that's kind of unheard of in so many different companies that the, the big boss will sit down with every single person and just ask them those questions because, you know, guys like Jordan Peterson now have, have shown the world how important it is to future pace and future set. Just like r- asking those simple questions, like what do you want in a year? Like what, what, you know, you want a better life, but what does that actually look like? And yeah. then like forcing people to actually uh, ask those questions. Yeah. It's, it creates like an amazing sense of, um, culture, I guess. Um, And I'm really fascinated by that because I think when you say people want to clock in and clock out, I think that's because they don't haven't bought into something bigger than themselves when they understand where they're going and where the company's going. And they feel like, no, we're all doing this together. We've got a big mission together to change X amount of lives and to provide the best community possible. And a part of that is putting the weights away, even though like I've put them away three times already today, you know, Mm -hmm. because that is actually achieving our common goal. 
I, I think it's helping them understand the fundamentals. So it's like, yes, okay, cool. Over the next year, I want to move towards mastery. You know, there could be mastery level one, two, three, four, five. And it's like, okay, I'm getting started. In year one year, I want to achieve this number of success. And it's like, let's label that mastery level one. Okay, now, what are the fundamentals that need to happen on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis for us to achieve mastery level one? It's like looking at them and it's like self-discipline or like doing what they said they were going to do or putting the weights away and respecting their environment. I think that's such a crucial thing. So they know where they need to go and then they understand the habits or the fundamentals that actually make that work. Um, and the only person that can really take them there is we can serve them, but they have to continually remember, where am I going? What's the vision? Because that continually keeps them motivated to, t- to continue to turn up. It's funny thinking about putting weights away. I immediately started thinking about the All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. Like for people yeah. that aren't familiar with, with rugby, the All Blacks are, have just been the formidable force in rugby for the last decade, like just absolutely unbeatable. And New Zealand's a tiny country. Like they, they have no right to be beating England and even Australia. Um, but they have this crazy culture of leadership and the most senior and oldest players uh, in the All Blacks team, they go take it upon themselves after every training session and every game to clean the change rooms and make them spotless themselves. And it's just like that in every other footy club and everything, it's always like, oh, no, you get the rookies to do that. You know, we've been here the longest. You know, we're the leaders. Like we don't have to do that crap anymore. You know, we served our time. And, you know, it's like that, that kind of culture, whereas the All Blacks, uh, it's the opposite, right? Man, it's so funny. Like you said that, I've got like notes of all books I've read up on my computer. I'm like, okay, Legacy, that was the book written. And it's <laughs> like, they have these, they have these um, different value points like throughout the book. And I like always write down these big points because they stem off. And it's like one of them, like, okay, Legacy starts with characters. Like what character do I need to be to be an All Black? And I think, one of the biggest things that stood out to me is the statement, it's better people make better All Blacks. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. So like better people make better All Blacks. So it's not like, oh, let's let's like, you know, hit this goal. It's like, no, to hit this goal, like better people make better money. (laughs) Like better people get better goals. So who are you and what do you need to be and what do you need to harness? What is your your authentic mission that you're driving towards because better people make better all blacks. I think that's a, a big statement for anyone trying to lead anyone. It's um, it starts with them. Yeah, man. And this is what happened last week when we we're talking about managing other people. It was always like, well, actually I've got to manage yourself because that's the actual secret source to it all. Um, yeah, man. Like they talk about no pressure, no diamonds. So it's like, you have to understand that pressure is actually what makes leadership work well so you have to have pressure upon you because it allows you to excel allows you to rise to the occasion to have courage for your team a team will follow you if you are courageous enough to lead them because you're providing them security like i think that's such a crucial thing they talk about hitting the psychological gym because they know that if anything they can you know any challenge hits them they need to be mentally ready for the challenge before the challenge actually comes. Otherwise, the challenge will knock them over. So that's another crucial thing. And then they talk about like, what actual legacy are you creating? If you don't know where you're going, you like there's no way to lead anyone. You're literally walking around the block or you're stuck on the roundabout, not going anywhere. And then people get unfulfilled and you can't create a legacy if you're going in no direction. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think before when you're talking about... Um the idea of challenging yourself. You did a video, I think a couple of weeks ago in our roadmap to a million dollar personal training business. It's a free Facebook group for personal trainers and gym owners. And you did a video in there talking about the importance of rocking up each day and asking yourself, what challenge can I create? Like what pressure can I create for myself? Because that challenge and that pressure will force me to grow into the next level and the next better version of me. And that really hit me hard because I'd realized personally, like I'd worked so hard in my life to try and remove as many challenges, as many pressure situations as possible, right? Because I think we just, we go through school and like university and we work hard and it's so much pressure all the time and works so much pressure. And the idea of like, if we could just get rid of all that, like we would be happy. And it's actually like the complete opposite, right? But yeah, when it comes to leadership, this is so fascinating. And I had, the, I messaged you and said this, I was like, 
it suddenly makes sense why so many people message you asking to work for you. And so many people message you saying like, you're changing my life. It's because they see that you're one of the only people here on this planet that's willing to try and find the next challenge. I mean, cause you could have stopped at like two successful gyms, like two RBTs completely outsourced yourself, you know, no need to do anything else, but no, you just like, let's just keep pushing, keep pushing next challenge. Yeah, man, I think in that video, I was talking about Abraham Maslow and he, he has this um, quote, like what one can be, one must be. That's and right. Yeah. You can only find like, you know, it's asking yourself to be a leader. It's like, who can I be? And then it's like, well, I can, I can have 50 gyms. I was like, well, who must I be to do that? Well, I must seek out challenges. And we all talk about the four hour work week back in the day with Tim Ferriss. And you know, it's like, let's work as little as possible and make yeah. money. Like that's an unfulfilling life. <laughs> like it is. Um, like I've worked a lot less in my time and I work a lot more productive now rather than just being busy. But for me, if I am not challenged, the challenges in life is who force you to become a better leader. Because the challenges I face now, if I didn't have the leadership styles that I have or the character traits that I've learned along the way, I would get knocked over by the challenges. So I have to seek out challenges to become who I must be in life to create the legacy or where we're going. So it's seeking out those challenges. It's trying to put yourself in uncomfortable positions because that forces you to grow. And in life, that's what it is, right? It's growth. It's contribution. Like those are the two factors. So if you're not looking for challenges, you're never going to be forced to grow. And you're not forced to grow, then the 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 law of the lid, okay, it comes to this, right? As John Maxwell will say, you can only lead a team as high as your personal capacity. And your personal capacity is only as high as the challenges you have the ability to face. So if I'm constantly seeking out challenges and I'm lifting my own lid, then I am lifting the lid of my company and the ability of how far it can grow. So you, th theoretically, you've got a staff member that is doing X and you know that they have the ability to just grow to that extra level and just do a little bit extra and be that, that next level of themselves, that next level trainer. And you're like, why aren't they doing that? Why are they doing the bare minimum? But then you don't realize you're sitting here in your high, on your high horse with a lid of your own that you're ignoring, yes. that you're a challenge and a pressure situation right now that you're ignoring and that you refuse to confront. And you're doing the exact same thing as your staff member and you're expecting them to get better. It's just like, man, like... Well, like I think it comes down to the biggest thing, right? It's like, you know, people, you know, it's like they pace set, they follow, they admire. Um, you can't just tell someone to do their job because that's positional-based leadership. So as you grow your company, you need to move from level one to level two-based leadership, which is like permission-based leadership. Like they want to follow you. And a lot of people get stuck here. And this is where I see, I would say most businesses move very fast out of positional and they move very fast into permission. And this is when they get stuck on the 200K for gyms, 200K to 300K mark. They get stuck as a permissional leader and they can never move past this. They have a great work environment. Um, people want to follow them. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're going along. But do you know what the problem is with permission-based leadership? No idea. There's never a crucial conversation because everyone's just having fun. And the problem <laughs> is when, when we're all having fun, that person, you know what, that person that could be working but they have a higher potential, it's going into them and it's being courageous enough, so leadership trait, being courageous enough to confront them in a manner based on their personal um, behaviors where it's like, hey, Liam, you're not doing your job. You know, I need you to do your job. Or it's Liam, like, I see more in you than what you're currently bringing to the table. I think you have more to give, do you? So it's either holding the mirror up in front of them or just telling them to do better. There's two different ways you can actually talk to people. But unless you give feedback, you know, when I go back to sport, right? If I'm playing as I'm a halfback in footy, right? Someone passes me the ball and they're passing constantly like a foot behind me and I constantly have to turn back and I'm grabbing the ball and it's slowing down the play because every second counts because every second is like a meter or two meters. And if I'm constantly slowing down the play, then I'm not going to score the tries. I'm not going to, you know, score the touchdowns, whatever sport you're playing. I'm not going to kick the goals. But like if you're kicking it a foot off or you're passing it a foot back, and you're slowing down the momentum of the team, then if I don't give you feedback, 
the team gets hindered, the whole team gets hindered. So by doing that, what happens is the rest of the routine resent you as the captain of the team because you're not giving feedback and you think you're creating this fun environment, but really what you're doing is you're creating a low standard set because they'll say, oh, it's okay to not do your job. I won't do my job either. And then all of a sudden the whole team standards drop Everyone's still having fun. Their cash flow becomes poorer. And all of a sudden, yeah, we've got a fun, shitty standard environment because you don't have the courage to actually sit down and ask more of someone. And there's definitely, we talked to them, go listen to the management um, podcast. We talked about exactly how to shift someone out of like a level three sort of um, ability into a level two and a level one. We talked about this on that podcast. You need to have that crucial conversation. You need to tell them where they are. You need to tell them what they, what they need to get to where they need to go. And you need to have these sort of set points or KPIs or accountability to get there. And as soon as you do this, you'll start moving out of level two leadership. Your business will start to move into level three, which is production. You know what happens in production? Money, money, right? That's when you start actually making money. And you know what? You thought you were having fun in permission-based leadership in level two. But you know what? If there's an extra 150K in the bank, you have a lot more fun because you can actually do more things with your team. You can get more equipment. You can you know, give them a raise or a commission or you can you know, have more a member engagement. Like, like when people are winning as well because permission-based leadership, it's fun, but you're not always winning. In production-based leadership, they start to follow you because what you've done for the business, for the company, like that's what they do. It's like, I, I want to work here. He's making me, it makes me a better person. He makes them a better person. He makes this a better place. I want to work here because what he's done for the company or what she's done for the company. And this is the environment that creates great people because great people only get great with feedback. And mm. that's what production-based leadership is. And this is where everyone should needs to go out of level one into level two, go into level three, but you have to go to level two first because they have to want to follow you before you actually give them feedback. Because yeah, you can't give right. anyone feedback. Just come at them. <laughs> no, you guys walk to some random person down the street. It's like, you know what? Your gait is off. You're, you're losing, you're not burning enough. Like you can't just start talking to people. It's like you're eating too many calories, right? It's, it's just not how it works, but they have to want to follow you because now they're like, okay, I like this person. I trust this person. I'm willing to follow this person. And now because you, they are following you, now it's your duty to serve them by giving them feedback to help them increase to their potential in life and into production-based leadership. Mm. It's amazing, I guess, and humbling when I first had staff and just realizing the amount of, uh, I wouldn't say bitching, but like there was things that they didn't like about the way that the company was run. And like, sure, that there was parts of the company that I didn't like how they were run, but it was just like 80-20 rule, just like concentrate on the important stuff. But the staff just want to be heard, right? So there's like that feedback as well. And I couldn't believe the difference it made just by like making a habit of actually talking to them and saying, you know, what what do you actually like about what's going on? Like, what what don't you like what's going on? What would you like to be fixed? Like, we I set up a monthly um, survey that they would just fill out via a WooFoo form. And the survey was a bit different to for every single person based upon what their values were. And so it's like, if they really valued like growth um, and personal and professional development, like I would ask on a scale of one to 10, like how much do you think you grow this, grew this month? And like, are you happy with that? Um, but if their um, values was like uh, variety or cons consistency, it's like, did you get enough variety this month with your job role? Was, was your job consistent enough? Um, and it was amazing just to have that, set in the, in the calendar and repeated every month um, the, the people felt like they were getting heard um, and so like all the complaints they could just get off their chest instead of bitching together about like the bosses and the, and the way the company was run, run right yeah man because like a negative state breeds more negative states and no one is production inside a negative environment so you have to try and really shut down negative environments as fast as you possibly can to move yourself out of that permission leadership. And if you need to sit people down, it's like today's ground zero, you know, enough of the past, let's sit down, set a new tune to the future. Like that's what has to be done sometimes. And as soon as you do that, and you've given that feedback, you allow them to give you feedback. And when someone gives you feedback, make sure you don't start to justify, you know, anything. Don't blame, don't make excuses. Just uh, take on that feedback. You have to take it on. And I think this is something I really had to learn because I needed to have the humility that, um, perspective is everything 
when I think I wasn't doing something wrong and then someone else said I was, I'd be like, no, I didn't do that. But no, their perception of the situation is that's how I handled it. So mm. their feedback is valid to them as a human being. Like it is. So I'm like, you know, the whole thing is like, if you're twisting your finger and you're looking at above your eyes, it's like, which way is it going? It's like, oh, it's going counterclockwise. And then you take it below and it's like, oh, it's going clockwise. Or is it what? like, whatever I've it is. never heard of this before. Yeah, like perspective is everything, right? So you twist it. And it's above your eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, and below your eyes it's going another way um but like because we're looking at the situation everyone is looking at every situation from a different perception based on their past and based yeah. on where they're sitting at the table so you can't say any feedback is invalid um you can't and yeah. you know like i had someone exit rbt the other day and he wasn't the happiest he was like maybe if tj spent less time on instagram and more time sitting down with me everything would be there it's like Okay, well, I can take that as a massive knock. I'm like, or I can go, how did I make him feel like that? Yeah, taking responsibility yeah. for it, right? And like, exactly, man. It's responsibility. It's like, okay, well, how can I be a better leader because of this feedback? It's not like, he's wrong. Like, get out of here. Like, it's like, no, like, okay, I'll take responsibility for this. I'll make sure that I'll, and you'll force me to be a better leader due to his blunt feedback. Mm. Um, whether I think it's valid or not, I has to be valid because that was his, perception of the situation and yeah. any feedback is there unless you take feedback you are never going and you, if you don't can't take it and then you can never give it because they won't take your feedback either and then all of a sudden now everyone's just arguing again and we're creating a negative culture right mm. and you can never move into production unless there's an open feedback format and that you have to move to that with a good leadership style and you need to create leaders to actually be a leader as well mm. Man, you just blow my mind with that finger thing. <laughs> like, but it's so true, right? Um, you know, like in family situations where like you have an argue, argument with your brother or your mum or your dad because you're like, remember when this happened? They're like, that's not how it happened. This is the exact thing that happened. And like you both saw the exact same event. It's just like the finger. The finger, you're both seeing the finger exactly how it is. But, but depending on where you are in the position of the finger, whether you're above or below it, you will draw a different conclusion from it. But the funny thing is this, you might all look at the finger the same way and I'm going, no, it's not even happening in the right direction. It's the same thing because you might be looking at tell yourself a different story. It's mm. the same thing as like males are the worst of this. I put it on my Instagram the other day. I was, it's stupid. I'm standing there and like Liv's like, can you go get some, um, what is it like? Not quinoa, something else from the store, right? Um, couscous, right? It was couscous, couscous from the store. Okay. Jack loves couscous. <laughs> And I'm standing there in the, in the aisle, just standing there. I'm like, I can't see the couscous. I was telling myself the story, but I can't see this couscous. And I was like, I'm, and I was like, I, I caught myself. I'm like, I am, I was like, I'm so bad at shopping. I can never find the stuff. And oh, I'm was, exactly the same. I, was, I feel like I walked down the same aisle four times and not see it. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. No, but I'm like, but I, was, I, I, I caught myself. I'm like, you're telling yourself a story. I was like, you were telling yourself a story now. Because Liv finds everything. So I was like, Liv wasn't with me. I literally grabbed a female, a random female shopper. I was like, honestly, I'm the typical male right now. I cannot see anything. Can you please show me where the couscous is? And she's like, points like straight in front of me. He's like, it's just there. I was like, well, thank you for that. And like, I told myself, and I was staying there for five minutes. Like I, I was staying there. I was like, I even put an Instagram story. I was like, I'm staying in an aisle. I cannot find the couscous. I know it's here, but I'm, like, I just can't find it. And it took her like five seconds to see it. So we're both seeing the same aisle, but I'm not seeing it and she is. Mm. So as a leader, <laughs> feedback, you know, they might see something that you aren't because you're telling yourself a story. Yeah, you right? might be telling yourself a good story. Like you'll see something yeah. happen in the, on the gym floor and you, you'll, your subconscious go, oh, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah. And then your staff member will look at the exact same thing that happened and be like, oh my gosh, this is horrible i cannot believe liam hasn't realized this or done anything about it right and because that's the story she's told herself and they're both valid stories but you've got to get that communication clear yeah i think that's one of the most crucial things man i know this has gone off on a, on a strange tangent for leadership right now um you know perception perspective stories um, but i think this twirling is, fingers yeah twirling fingers but i think it's course, one course. Of this, you have to understand this man like you know leadership it's not like it isn't like do these three things. Like that's not leadership. 
leadership is everyone's ability to lead is different. Everyone's perspective is different. And as soon as you can acknowledge that, you can open up forms of communication and then you can take feedback. Okay, cool. Now you're ready to be a leader. Mm. That's so important about the stories, right? Um, the stories you tell yourself based on what you see, but then also the stories you tell yourself based on how you see yourself. Cause you always say, um, if you talk to your son, the way that you talk to yourself, you punch yourself yeah. in the face. Well, man, I tell like, this is, this is everything, right? Like for, for us as humans, the dialogue we have in our heads, I think it's like, it was crazy. There's some stats and I'll pull them you know, on another video I do, but it's like 80% of our thoughts are negative. And 98% of our thoughts tomorrow is the same as today, right? So it's, 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 it was when I read it, I was like, this is a mind-blowing stat. So 80% of every single day, I tell myself the same negative shit, right? Whether it's like, I can't do this, I'm too tired for this, I work too hard, whatever it is, right? And you have to consciously be aware of this to change your, in, your inner self, your inner critic, you need to shut them down because, you know, we talk to ourselves inside. We don't say, obviously, like we don't like start talking ourselves out loud, but we talk internally to ourselves so badly. If we actually did start talking out loud, then we're like, shit, that person actually hates themselves, right? Yeah. But because we keep it inside, this is all of us. You're like, no, I'm a positive person. Like, trust me, if you track the negative things that you say on a daily basis, like you are not going to be your best version of yourself because every time you have a negative story, you're taking yourself one point away. Okay. From your best version of yourself. I think it's so crucial. It's like, no, every time you say something negative, it's like, would, would I want an external person to actually say that to me or would I be offended? And you know, I probably would be offended, right? You'd have a chip on your shoulder. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling good to do a video. If someone walked in the room, it's like, TJ, you don't feel like good. Like you can do a video right now. You look pretty tired. I'd be like, fuck you, I'm going to do a video. <laughs> I want to prove that person wrong. It's like, so if we start to prove ourselves wrong, like, and we start to push through these challenges, because that's our inner critic is a challenge. It's like, no, I am better than this inner critic. All of a sudden I start talking to myself better and I can stop, you know, creating these false expectations. And I was like, no, I'm just going to live. I'm just going to perform that athlete's mindset. I'm going to do it even if I um, don't feel like it. Then all of a sudden we start getting momentum. We start getting momentum. Our state changes. Our state changes. We can be a better leader and we can change our team's momentum. And all of a sudden, everyone feels like they're winning. And everyone listening to this, if you're a personal trainer, you have a gift that you have unlocked, well, most likely have unlocked, um, that is such an unfair advantage to everyone else in the world. And that's because the idea of pushing yourself and challenging yourself in the weight room or in um, fitness like everyone goes through this. Like I know I went through it very, as a very young boy, like playing competitive sport, you get to a point like in a running race where you're just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just too tired. I can't sprint here. And then the guy next to you sp speeds past you and beats you. And I remember my dad said, he's like that guy next to you, he wasn't faster than you. You told yourself the story that you were too tired to sprint. And it was ever since then, next time I had that sprint finished, it's like, there's no way this guy's beating me next to me. Absolutely no way. And then, sometimes throughout that course of like whether it's in the weight room or whether it's running you're faced with a situation where you start telling yourself i don't think i can do this i don't think i can do this i am like beyond tired in the red zone like this is not going to happen and then you somehow manage to get over that and achieve it and lift that deadlift or like finish that sprint finish or like kick that winning goal or whatever it is and then you're you're changed forever because you know that holy crap, I had another level there that I didn't know I had. Yeah, man, it's like, um, it's pushing, it's finding that second wind, right? Yeah. And we find our second wind inside our companies as leaders. Um, every but single only day. athletes know what it's yeah. like. Yeah. Right? If, you, if you've never competed like hardcore as an athlete, whether it's amateur or whether it's in competitive youth sports, only athletes know the feeling of going, no, I am literally have nothing left, but then somehow managing to find that fifth gear. Because... Yeah. Because your clients don't understand it, and that's why they that's why they finish their workout earlier. Yeah, they do because they've never they've never had that opportunity to push themselves beyond what they thought was possible. 
I think this is interesting, right? Like I always say when I'm coaching, it's like there's two types of people in the world, right? There's one type of person when I say there's 10 seconds left, they slow down and give up. And the other type is like there's 10 seconds left and they push even harder because they know there's only 10 seconds left to leave it all in the line. And for me, I'm sitting there on the bike the other day. I was like, oh, I'm like, as I'm pushing out my kilometer, um, so I was doing kilometer sprints. And I was like, I'm, I've got like 50 meters left and I could have coasted the 50 or I can push as hard as I can to get the last 50 done. Now, I have to acknowledge that sometimes, yeah, I do coast. And when I'm consciously aware of it, okay, I really have to always be consciously aware of it. It's like, no, you finish harder than you start. You finish, it's like, it's, and then you're doing your sales calls. Oh, it's just five minutes left on my allocated time for sales calls. There's not enough time to do another call. It's like, no, you, think, you just keep dialing. You keep dialing because that is a time you could get hold of someone and change their life. But mm. like, there's always the time to be the leader and it starts with you and yourself and, you know, how you lead yourself. And I think that is one of the biggest things, man. I wanted to yeah. talk a little bit about the different, a uh, couple of laws of leadership that, you know, John Maxwell talks about today, if you want to talk about that. Man, I haven't read that John Maxwell book, but yeah, let's do it. Um, like, I, I think when I read any of his books, like, because I'm not a smart man, um, I, I essentially just read a lot. And I was like, he talks in such layman's terms. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think that's everything. It's just like, he talks about these, he has 21 laws of leadership, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. Which are the ones that really, you know, I can hold on to and i talked about the law of the league before right it's like your company or your team can grow as only big as you grow yourself so start with you increase your lead and you increase all those leads of those around you um there's like the law of reflection i think the law of reflection is we're not what we do enough and we need to reflect on a daily basis a weekly basis a monthly and a quarterly basis we need to reflect at the end of conversations and i do this often and um i i go did i leave that conversation with that person feeling better for us communicating today, mm. right? Good question, hey. It's like, and I do that with a lot of conversations. Like, did, did he or did she leave this conversation feeling like they were better off for actually having the conversation? Because if they didn't, why'd you even have the conversation? Like, yeah. you have to have a conversation with an outcome so people are going, okay, cool, I have more clarity on where I'm going. I have more clarity on what's going wrong. And I, ha I feel more energetic because of it. Whether it's energetic because you gave them feedback and they're like, oh, I know how to do this now. I'm hungry. Um, or because you gave them praise or because you gave them clarity. Like if you give them what they need in that situation, they come out in a better state, even if it is feedback, because now they know how to achieve their potential in life. And we have to reflect at the end of every single day. Did I win today? Did I lose today? Did my team win today? Did I lose today? What can we do better tomorrow? Because if you don't finish with that, what can I do better next conversation? Then you're just constantly going, oh yeah, it was a three out of 10. Um, it's like, you have to go, okay, it was a three out of 10 today, why? What can I do better tomorrow, right? It's yeah. like, we have our daily huddles every single day or so. It's like, what was your win for yesterday? And what's your focus? And it's like, when we have our management meeting, it's like, we had it yesterday for RBT. It was like, what went well last month? And what can we do better this month? Okay, we have to always know what can we do better personally and our teams. And like, unless you're doing that, we are not again becoming who we must be in life. So reflection is the key to growth. I think mm. that law, if anyone can get that law of reflection, get your team start reflecting. Because remember guys, you need to lead them, not with these tools, but you need to teach them these tools so they can work on themselves. Because they can't, you can't lead them unless you teach them that they must be a leader themselves. So it's like, okay, guys, we're going to follow these five rules for the next 90 days. Everyone's going to reflect at the end of every shift on how they, well they went and what they can do better next shift. And I want you to just write one sentence when you leave the gym. Holy shit. What happens if that happened in your facility? Everyone would be like, I can do this. But all of a sudden you have these creative ideas popping up everywhere. And it might be on day 14. It might be on day 38. And all of a sudden they've unlocked because they keep asking themselves the same question. Right, And normally when you ask yourself the same question, the first five answers are pretty shit answers. Until yeah. you get through those five conscious answers, you start tapping into your subconscious and you're like, you get these creative responses. That's like, like it unlocks this new potential inside you. And the more you reflect, the better you get at reflecting and the better person you can become. So I think that is key 
one that you should be doing with your teams and getting your teams to do with themselves. Mm. And straight away, like people listening to be like, oh, you know, my team will just think that's stupid, um, you know, and they'll just scoff at it. And like, maybe they will to begin with, like, but you know, your job as a leader is to help them understand why it's important. But even if you try and, and this is like, I learned a big lesson with this um, with my brothers and I's boot camp in the early days, we decided that at the end of each boot camp session, um, we wanted to create gratitude. So we'd ask everybody, what were they were grateful for in the last 24 hours since we last spoke? Um, because like classic, what you focus on, you create. Um, it's actually a really life-changing question. Like for me, like it's absolutely transformed the relationship with me and my wife. In every, every time we're like having a period of being at each other and like not really being like super in love, it's like, oh, actually, hang on. When was the last time we did our daily gratitudes? And it's always the case. It's like always when our relationship is sucking the most, it's been like a good two or three weeks before we've like been grateful. Cause what are you focusing on when you're arguing? You're focusing on what's going wrong. You're focusing yeah. on all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the it's reason why so, I brought- mate, it's so true. I think like, yeah, if you're in, in a work environment and it's pretty shitty right now where your focus goes, your energy flows, like as Tony Robbins would say, right. Yeah. And you, if that is your focus point, you'll find everything else negative inside your work environment in what your job does to make it even worse. So if you can shift them out of that and get them focusing on, okay, one of the things we love, okay, let's focus on everything we love that you do right now. Okay, how can we do that better? Let's do this, the things we love right now, how can we do that better? That's like you, that's like you saying saying with Linus, like what do you love? Well, I love it when we have that coffee, okay? How do we make that coffee better every day, right? It's like- Exactly, how do we make sure that we actively go try and do it once a week? Yeah. yeah, it's amazing the difference it makes. And that comes down to the next law, man. The law of consistency. <laughs> I, I swear I haven't read the John Maxwell book, but I'm just like perfectly <laughs> laying it out. But like um, the law of consistency is everything. And that's consistency as far as who you are. Imagine if you came and this was me as well. They never knew who they were going to get, right? They didn't know if they were going to get the Hulk or <laughs> they were going to get TJ, right? Because <laughs> some days I'm like, Holy shit, guys, what did you do? We aren't at our numbers, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I started like, I would, I would not be turn up as me as my best self. Mm. I wasn't turning up as my best self. So I didn't have a consistent emotional state. So because of that, people were afraid to give feedback to me because they wasn't sure, weren't sure how I was going to react to that feedback. But if you have a consistent rhythm, a consistent emotional state, and they know who you are, and they understand that you have some form of, you know, Victor Frankl stimulus response reaction. So no matter what they give to you, you come back, you breathe, and you come back with a response that is logical, detaching the emotion away from it. And it's like, okay, that's great feedback. I appreciate that. Like, where, how did you come to that, like, assumption? Or how did you come to that conclusion? So if they give feedback always, you have to ask them how they came to that conclusion because they're like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's unpack it together. How did you come to that conclusion? So you can see it from their perspective. Because if you can't see it from their perspective, they're also their feedback you really can't take on. So one, you show up consistently every single day. Two, you can be consistent emotionally for them. And three, you make sure your business has a consistent rhythm, right? It's like we know we, 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 no matter what, we do our huddles or no matter what, you know, we do our weekly meetings and no matter what, we have a weekly one-on-one. Like you create consistency because people thrive on consistency as well, right? It doesn't mean you must do the same thing every day, but you as a leader must be consistent because if you can't do what you said you were going to do, neither can they. Mm. Yeah, I think the consistency thing, it's, it comes back to what you said about the stories, right? And people have the stories in their head and what they tell themselves. And it's like, oh, I'm just an angry person. Like I just get, I get angry when they do this or I, I get angry when someone disrespects me like that. And I think if you're someone that really struggles with those stories, like there's so many ways to fix it. But um, something that really helped me personally was having the consistency each day of going, okay, every conversation I have with someone, I'm going to try and, and ask myself, how can they win this conversation? And so then as soon as someone tries to give you feedback or something, it's not be like, oh, fuck off. It's not my fault. Like, stop blaming me. Because that's, some, that's someone who cares about themselves, right? 
they're not caring about the person that you're talking to. But if you're reminding yourself every day, this is all that matters is helping the other person win, helping the other person win. So when someone comes to you and says, Oh, Liam, your video really sucked. It's like, how can I help the other person win? Why is he saying that? Julie, why, why are you saying that? Like, I appreciate the feedback, but <laughs> about my, like, my sucking video, but yeah, like, how did you come to that conclusion, Julie? That's like, yeah. Oh, the lighting was off. The audio was off all this. It's like, cool. Now I understand why you thought it was shit and I'll work on it to make it better. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have, yeah. have you, obviously you really care about audio because like you brought this up. Like, have you got any tips? Like yeah, can you help maybe me? that's just their way of they wanted to be involved in the audio. Like you never know like why really, people right? come up with these things. Right. Um, everyone communication is such a funny way thing. Like people will say things and have a very, very deep, completely different meaning for the reason of saying it. And it's not until like you unpack it that they can really feel understood. Yeah. And I think like, like you just said there, like, you know, her giving you feedback and you unpacking that for with her and then being humble enough um, to understand. I think, you know, the next law is the law of the rubber band um, and that you have to have humility to have this law of the rubber band. So uh, we're just leading along now. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, this law of the rubber band is essentially like, you can only lead if you're stretched. You have to be stretched enough. So be humble. You're learning, constantly learning. Like you, know, you have humility because you want to learn. You want to push outside your comfort zone. You want to learn. And this is the law of the rubber band. If you aren't stretched, what happens to rubber bands? It's loose. It's not really used, right? Yeah. And you know you don't. You want outside your comfort zone. You really can't uh, achieve. You're not navigating. You know through the people want to follow a courageous leader because you when you are courageous, you inspire. And yep. people want to be inspired. Like they right. want to work somewhere where they are inspired and you are pushing the boundaries because they're like, this is the company I want to be a part of. They are going to be the best gym inside this community. And they're pushing these boundaries to get there because that's inspirational. And you can't do that if you, if you don't have enough stretch inside you. But if you stretch too far, the rubber band what? It snaps, Right. So you have you can't go so far out your comfort zone, you break your shit, and you can't be so far in your comfort zone, you aren't inspiring your team. Because if you go so far out, you scare your team then. <laughs> like abandon ship, abandon ship. Like I do not want to be on this ship. It is going down. But you have to be courageous enough going, we are going out to the seas and we're gonna ride the waves and I'm gonna steer us to the island, and that island is where we're going. Right, and that comes down to that law of the road band. Are you stretching yourself, and are you stretching them? Because again, every single law I'm saying, you're like, oh, okay, I need to do that. No, you need to teach them this. You need to teach your staff how can they implement the law of the rubber band for themselves. You have to teach your staff how are they going to implement the law of consistency for themselves. And this actually comes to the next law which is the law of expansion, right? You have to teach them. It's like, it's not always about working smarter. It's not about working harder, it's working smarter, right? Like you, they, you have to work smarter. And unless they have an expansion mindset, right? Then you have to teach them that. It can't be fixed mindset. They have to go, okay, I need to expand. I need to achieve mastery. How can I achieve mastery this week? What's one step? Kaizen, 1% closer to mastery this week. How can I get smarter so I can get better results? How can I, you know, get my calls done quicker? What should I do? Like one of my guys, like I'm getting an auto dialer. Whatever it is, whatever it is, how can you teach them the law of expansion so they can start working smarter and not just work harder? If you only have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? Yeah. So you have to give them more tools, expand their mindset, teach them growth. And unless they adopt this law of expansion, everything will look like a nail. And then, you know, everyone gets the same cookie cutter diet, right? That's the truth, right? But if you expand their knowledge base, they have a larger capacity to actually create results. I think that is so crucial, like this expansion-based mindset. Yeah, that just made me think of something that, um, about teaching staff as well. Cause I've been thinking about this, doing something like this for a while. And I think you've just triggered me to actually pull the trigger on it because I think it's important. Um, Gary V always talks about, um, documenting over 
like creating because people want to know how you're going through the journey. They don't want you to sit on the high horse and go, do this, do that, do that, do that. And I think like the, the staff management relationship is very similar. And so I think what I'm going to do is, yeah, once a week talk about this sort of stuff, maybe in an internal video or an internal blog and I'll send it to the staff and go, this is what I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create consistency. I'm trying to create the rubber band. These are the strategies that have worked for me. These are the strategies that haven't. And just sending that to everyone. And that, that's my form of teaching them basically. It's just like, this is me trying it. This is what worked. Take what you will from it. And I think like that's how you can approach this sort of stuff without being like, do this because I'm the boss, <laughs> like you said. Man, so true. And I think the last one is like the law of momentum that I like, you know, out of these. Uh, and the law of momentum is everything. Like when people are winning, this is why teams, right? They go on winning streaks. Why do they go on winning, winning streaks? Because they got momentum. When people feel good, they get great, right? It's like, oh, I won. And then they win again. And then they win again. It's like, we, like you have to have the humility of obviously going, I think still going through the law of reflection. Even when you win, it's like, what could we have done better? to win by more, that's crucial. Because if you have momentum and you're just like, we're winning and we can never lose. It's like, no, we're winning. And what could we have we done better? Crucial step. But like this law of momentum is so crucial. I, I look at this and I say this to people all the time, right? They have to understand the scoreboard. They have to really get that. But they have, so they have to know if they win or they lose. And momentum can also come out of losses, right? And that's okay as well. But you sit inside a footy room Okay, and there's two locker rooms, right? They have a footy game. They both played 80 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever sport you follow. Um, and they both play this same, same time period. But, you know, the team in the losing shed looks like they play, played like three games back to back. They are sitting there, hanging their heads. They're tired. They look like they are broken. And the winning team, they're on top of the world. There's like champagne, you know, going over beers, poured on their heads. Like, they're, they're like they're like crushing it. Their state is so high, and they they look like they could go play again. Yeah, they've they're jumping the, around. They got so much energy. Like, all the energy, right? All the energy makes sense. It's their state then, and they can take that state and that momentum forward, right? And I think this is so crucial because you can create momentum out of a loss. It's like, okay, guys, like we lost today. What happened? How did we show up? How can we show up better tomorrow? What did we learn? What can we implement? And you can change their state to then push momentum into the next day so you can crush it again. But if you don't reflect after a loss, you can never create momentum out of it because momentum can be created out of losses as long as you learn from the loss and get your team around winning the next one. And if you win the next one and you reflect again, you start to create this momentum and this snowball effect. You know, they say it's like it takes more energy, obviously, to start a train than to stop one. I think it's like, you know, a rock can, like, in front of a steam engine can stop from going. And then it's like a brick wall cannot stop it once it's in momentum. Like, you, you have to create this momentum that your business is literally unstoppable. You know, it's unbreakable as long as you're reflecting along the journey. That's how momentum stays. Hmm. So what, what were the uh, five ones, just to go through them again? We went through the law of reflection. We went through the law of consistency, the law of the rubber band, the yep. law of expansion, and the law of momentum. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Do you think we could apply these like, to leading your members, leading your clients, not just leading your staff? Right, everything is like, when, when you're a, say you're a leader of your company, right? This is why I kept saying, guys, you know, this is for you to teach them to live their life. Because if they apply these laws to their members, Okay, and their members start becoming better leaders. That means they start living with more discipline. Because I wish that we just taught leadership to everyone and everyone was better self-leaders. Because if you lead them, they become better. And then if you do do that, they'll lead your members. They'll become better. And your members start leading better, the community becomes better. And all of a sudden, we all have this, like, this community of people who are all trying to achieve their potential in life and they are becoming who they must be. So if you can teach them to go, okay, guys, every day reflect. Let's use the law of reflection. How many calories in? How many calories out? Did you train? Did you sleep? You know, what happened? Like, that's the law of reflection. It's like, okay, guys, now the law of consistency. Remember, we are not breaking the streak. You know, as Seinfeld strategy says, it's like, let's make the chain as big as we possibly can. And if we break the chain, we only ever break it for one day. And then we start again and we make the chain bigger. We get that 
and we keep pushing and we're using this law of consistency. Next one, the rubber band, guys. Okay, every single week, progressive overload. Progressive overload inside the gym. Every week, we put another five kilos. We do another rep. We do another set because we're stretching your rubber band. We're not going to be going from 100 kilos to 200 kilos in the next week because that will snap your rubber band. And we're not going from 100 down to 90 because that's not enough of an overload. It's less. We show up every week. We have these small gains to stretch the rubber band a little bit further because that is the law of rubber band and that is growth that you need. Expansion team, we're going to change our mindset. We're going to go into a new cycle right now. We're going to start to go, okay, how can I do this smarter and not harder? I'm going to start teaching about hormones and start teaching about sleep and start teaching about meditation and stress optimization. Let's use this law of expansion to get our results even quicker as a company, even quicker in your gym. That's like, great, guys. Okay, let's track our streaks. This is the law of momentum. Let's get a seven-day streak. Who can do seven days of training? Who can do seven days of nutrition? Everyone's going, TJ, you need downtime. Yeah, but I was listening to something with BPAC the other day, like Ben Pekulski the other day. He was talking about training. I really loved his approach to this. It's like people should train every day, but it depends if they're training their sympathetic or parasympathetic energy systems. So it's like, just because I'm meditating, that doesn't mean I'm training. I'm training my mind. I'm training my energy system. So I'm shifting states. I'm still training. So I was like, because I used to get down on myself. It's like, oh, I missed the training session because I actually wasn't feeling good. But I'd go have a float instead. Because and I'm like, I felt like I lost the day. But since I've shifted to this mindset that I train every single day of my life, I choose the methodology, whether it be parasympathetic or sympathetic energy systems that I'm training all of a sudden, yeah, I train every single day now. Every single day. I never get down on myself. And I've got more consistency, which gives me the law of momentum with my training. I get seven-day streaks, and I get a seven-day streak. I feel like I'm crushing life. The Q reward loop kicks in. And it's like, let's get another seven-day streak. Let's get a 21-day streak. Like, who can get a 90-day streak, right? Yeah. And if I can teach my members these laws, and they have the laws that I live by, you know, inside my methods in my gym, all of a sudden I've got these, you know, superhuman team inside my gym, like crushing life, achieving their potential. Everyone needs to live by these laws. Mm. Mm. Agree, man. Agree. That's leadership, man. I think like it comes down to like, I wrote these traits for us to all think about because leadership starts with traits. Charisma. You have to be somewhat charismatic because people want to listen to you, right? It doesn't mean you have to be, have some inspiring speech of that. I have a dream. Like you don't need to do that. You don't. But you need to be charismatic in your own way, your authentic voice. Like you know, we said the other day, you are the author of your story and you're writing your story every single day. Every morning you wake up, you're writing the next page, okay? And you need to be charismatic enough for who you are in this journey today. Like I am okay on video, but when I first started, I was horrible, but I was charismatic enough for the team I had then, right? And as you continue your charisma, uh, what you learn, how you adopt, as you get more confidence and competence in what you're doing, you get more charismatic, you start feeling great. And then your commitment, that is a character trait we must have. Commitment, you know, do what you said you would do. Discipline, that is a character trait you must embody, right? You must be disciplined, by saying, if I'm going to do it, if I said I was going to do it, I'm going to do it. Ah, oh, I didn't sleep last. You said it. I do it. Don't give excuses. You have to be communicate these the communication traits, like in characters. Like I must communicate with my staff in a way that I want to be communicated with. Like we said this before. Like don't start choosing incorrect emotions and communicate unfairly to them or yourself. Competency. Constantly grow yourself. You have to constantly be more competent at your job to be more confident at your job. This never-ending growth character trait. I have never-ending growth. There is never an end destination for me. Courage. People, you need to be courageous for your teams. You need to you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's like Susan Jeffers or whoever read that book. It's like, it's fears there, guys. You have to embrace it and get excited around it. Because if you get excited around fear and choose that instead of, oh my God, I can't do it, get excited. It's like, I'm stepping up to the plate today. I know it's scary, but I'm going to aim and I'm trying to hit a home run. And you have to have courage for that. Courage overcomes that fear. You got to listen. And I was like, white men can't jump, right? It's like, you can hear the music, but you can't listen to it. I was like, you can listen, but you can't hear it, right? Like, 
It's like you truly, it's not just having a conversation with your staff member. It's listening to what they say, listening to the emotion, listening to the perspective behind what they're saying. Attitude, right? Attitude is everything. Attitude, guys. Effort and attitude, the two things you can control in life. The effort you bring to the table every day and the attitude that is combined to that. Like lock them together and that's fucking unstoppable. Responsibility, guys. People leave your team, that's on you. They found another team to join. They, you didn't trade them unless you let them go, but they, they got picked up. They're under someone else's team now and you lost them. That's because you didn't serve them enough. So every single day, take responsibility for where your company is at, for where your team members are at, how they're growing. They're not growing. That's because you didn't inspire them enough to grow. You didn't sit down with them. You didn't help them understand their vision. You didn't help them sit down. It's like, what is your potential in life, Liam? And let's get there together. Like, if you did that, they would not leave and you would get the most out of them. And respect yourself and respect the team. Respect the company. Respect everyone. Like, if you can embody what we just talked about, like, take that fucking package it up and then live those laws of leadership and then move from positional permission to production out to people development like grow them then guys you're a fucking unstoppable leader hmm. like that that's leadership yeah i mean you'd be the one percent of business owners do this sort of stuff man like the 99 percent of people don't well two percent like- of business owners make a million dollars right two percent right that 98% is, don't. Yeah, 98% don't. So 49 out of 50 business owners don't make a million. One out of 50. Mm. That's crazy. We've all been in conferences before, right? You're sitting in a room with 50 people. The odds are 49 of them aren't making a million. And there's yeah. one guy in there that's making a million. It's like, what's he doing? Who's been doing this stuff? Like, this is... Yeah. This is exactly what we see time and time again. Like we've got two programs. We've got our fast cash growth program, which is purely around marketing and sales. But then we have our 1% program, which is like these guys, the their problems in their business aren't a marketing and sales problem. It's like they know how to get leads. They have a sales system. They have a sales process. They're getting people in every day. Like their problems, the 1%, the people in the top 1%, that million dollar guy sitting in the, uh, in the conference room, He's not there to learn about Facebook ads. Like he's got different problems and it's leadership problems and it's management problems. Yeah, man. Cause your problems never change in business, right? Like, well, you never, sorry, you never get rid of problems in business. You start business. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. I think I have a marketing problem. And it's like, Oh no, now I have a sales problem. It's like, Oh cool. Now I have a management problem or a leadership problem. Oh shit. I have a cash flow problem. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Now I have a scaling problem. Like, there's constant problems like, oh, no, now I have a tax problem. <laughs> it's like, there's constant problems, guys. Like, they never change. Like, they never, they never go without problems. But the thing is, to get to the next quality of problem, you need to become the next version of yourself. And you can't get there without expansion, that law. It's like, you need to adopt these laws and you need to understand, it's like, I need to seek someone. I need to model success. I need to have a growth-based mindset because if I'm not willing to grow myself, I am not worthy to grow my team or my business. And I think that's such a crucial thing because you can't lead without growth because that's the law of the lid. That is the overarching law that I believe that is above all those other five laws we talked about. Yeah, like we talked about the challenges and the growth and the suffering that you're going to go through. I think, I can't remember what the quote is exactly. I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, it's going to happen anyway. The suffering, the growth, the challenges are going to happen anyway. You might as well choose to find suffering that you enjoy and suffering that's worthwhile. It's stupid going through life, trying to avoid suffering at all costs. Cause it's like, that's, that's not going to be life. You're not going to be happy there. And it's the same thing with these problems, these business problems. You can choose to have a Facebook ad problem and or a lead problem. Like I just can't get five leads per week. But to be honest, that's a pretty shitty problem to have. And if you've got that problem, there's so many ways to get out of that problem. And the easiest way is just to pay us who generate 1,400 leads a week in fitness across the world. You know, it's, we have a system that works. Just pay someone to help you with that. Then you don't have that problem anymore. 
You know, I think Grant Cardone talks about, he's like, if you're going to, yeah, you're gonna, he says the same stuff in business. You're going to have problems. You might as well choose what problems you have. He's like, I choose to have a problem that the champagne in my private jet isn't good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, if you're going to have problems, you might as well have that, have that problem, you know? Cause like you said, business, businesses never get rid of problems. Man, I think that's the big, the biggest thing is you buy solutions as well. Right. Mm. So it's like, you know, you look at your clients and they come into your gym and they're trying to buy the solution of health. Obviously they can go and they can try and find the solution of health as well. And I think it's like, again, someone's like 94% of people who embark on a health journey don't get results. And I would say those are the people who don't get help. Um, and like the reason why they take up your services is they're trying to learn success and model success. And if you lead them correctly, they will get success. And it's the same in business, right? Like to get to where you want to be, it's like, you know, you buy, you buy and model the learnings and the success so you can understand the traits it takes to get there. I think that's such a crucial thing with, you know, the law of the lid. Awesome, guys. So if you listen to this and you're realizing that you have been telling yourself stories that probably aren't true or stories that might be a bit, a bit selfish or stories that are playing, your, playing it small, um, and yeah, you want to, you want to have better quality problems and you want to start actually looking for challenges that are going to get you to the next level. And maybe you know that you need to start doing Facebook ads and you've been avoiding it because it's scary because you know, you're, you don't want to spend all that money or you've tried it before and it was a waste of money or the leads weren't any good. Um, whatever it is, we have a formula, it's called the FitPro formula and it works every single time. In fact, we're so confident that it works. We guarantee that you'll get 30 clients in 90 days. And if we don't get you there in 90 days, we, Trav's entire team will work for you for free to get you there. So it's a pretty irresistible offer, exactly the way that Trav's built uh, result-based training with his fitness, getting people in via an irresistible offer, a 28-day challenge, and over-delivering in that challenge and then building long-term clients from there. And that's why we have long-term clients in our 1% program who want to learn all about this leadership stuff and managing staff and hiring and getting themselves out of the business and that's the next level. So it's like, if you're sitting here and you're in a gym, like where do you want that gym to be? Do you want to be in the 1% of gym owners or do you want to be just middle of the pack like everyone, everywhere else? Like figure out what story you're telling yourself. It'll be the one or the 49, right? <laughs> that's right, man. Yeah. Cause you get to choose. So you might as well choose like for me, like um, I know Paul Mort said this on the podcast the other day when he's like, your business looks exactly the way it is because you chose it to be. So as soon as you realize that your business bank account is exactly where it is because of the decisions and choices you made, then you realize, oh, fuck, well, I, why don't I make better choices? Well, you get what you tolerate in life, right? <laughs> so you just have to ask, like, why am I tolerating this? Yeah. What I need to do to stop tolerating this? Because for this, anyone, if someone's overweight, they tolerate the fact that it's okay to be overweight. What do they do to stop tolerating it? They get accountability, they get clarity, and then they fucking move through it, right? And then you have to, it's like, why am I tolerating my business to be like this? It's like, what do I need to do to stop tolerating this? And then whatever you say is the answer to what do I need to do to stop tolerating this? Like, go do that right now. Right now. www.fitproformula.com. Guys, you can have a read of the letter from Trav and see uh, guarantee and put in your details and we can have a conversation. Like, it's not a hardcore sales pitch. Um, you'll speak to one of our guys, Luke, he's a legend. He'll tell you all about what we do. And if they interest you, then um, he'll book you in, a, in with a time with one of our team and to actually go, go forward. But if it doesn't look like it'll be a good fit, then he'll tell you on the phone straight away. It'll be a 10 minute conversation. So go to fitproformula.com. As always, mate, this was a great conversation. <laughs> I enjoyed it, man. I'm actually like, as soon as it's finishing, I'm writing notes. So can you send me those um, slides from that you got from? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, that was sick. I liked it. Awesome. Peace out, dude. Thanks, man. Bye.